You know, if it weren't for Jesus, my life would be, uh, I can't even really imagine what it would look like. <laughs> I don't know about, you guys could say the same thing, but my goodness, he has absolutely rearranged in a very good way. As we were already saying, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. He adds no sorrow to it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No sorrow. No sorrow. Praise the Lord. So we're just... We're so grateful for him. We're so grateful for uh, all that he's called us to and all, all that he's put on the inside of us. You know, we all have purpose. Yes. We all have purpose. If you would this morning, turn with me to um, Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke. Um, let me get there. Let's, let's look in chapter 15. Praise the Lord. We've been ministering the past couple weeks on uh, being fishers of men. Uh, how many know that, that Jesus, when he was gathering his, his uh, first disciples, uh, he, he came to them and explained to them, guys, you may be fishermen in the natural right now, but if you come with me, if you'll follow me, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to show you how to be fishers of men. What does that mean, fishers of men? Well, it means just like a fisherman would go after fish, a fisher of men, someone who's uh, going to catch men, they're, they're going to be uh, delivering something, looking for something, looking to meet different people that need something, and they're going to catch them. Amen. What do they need? They need Jesus. Right. They need the knowledge of the Savior of the world, right? And uh, so if you would, let's look at uh, Luke chapter 15. Praise the Lord. And we'll start here in verse 1. It says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, and the Pharisees and the uh, scribes grumbled. Well, it's just like, those are the religious leaders of the day, right? It's just like the religious leaders to grumble. And they said, uh, this man receives sinners and eats with them. They were amazed that Jesus hung out with the common folk, with people that weren't the high religious society, if we could say it that way, right? The ones that wore the nice robes and the nice clothes and that gave the most money to the church. That's not who Jesus was hanging out with. That's not who Jesus was in their eyes, uh, in the religious leaders of the day, in their eyes, that was wrong mm -hmm. to just be chatting and, and, and hanging out and having dinner with common people that weren't of high society. And uh, so Jesus went ahead and told them this parable. It says, what man of you having a hundred sheep if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost. Oh my goodness. He goes after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. 
praise the Lord. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What an amazing parable Jesus is telling the religious leaders who are upset with him because of who he's hanging out with. What is he saying? If, if you guys are so right with God, uh, I don't need to be with you. And we all know that they also needed a Savior, but they weren't in a position at that point to see Jesus as the Messiah. But these folks there on, on the street that he was ministering to and, and having dinner with and talking to, they were aware of the fact that there was something different about this man. There was something that he had that they wanted. And Jesus was like, it is all right when you see somebody that's lost to go after him. Not only is it all right, you're supposed to. Any good shepherd is going to go after a sheep that has been misplaced, that has gotten lost, that has gotten hurt, that has gotten uh, set out of the flock, you know, uh, that's been separated, if we could say that, from the flock. And so Jesus was saying, uh, this is what we are all supposed to be doing, not just me. All of us are supposed to, anyone who loves God is going to be going after those who don't know him yet. Yes. And not only those who don't know him yet, but don't, those who might know him a little bit, but they don't know him as much as they could. Right? right? There, are, there are tons of people that love God. I was actually this week able to uh, minister to a gal who she goes to church, she, she goes to a Bible study every week, she loves God, but while I was talking to her, she didn't know that Jesus was her healer. In other words, she was not, she was not taught about God's will concerning healing. Mm -hmm. And I was able to tell her, it's God's will to heal you. It's God's will that you be well and walk in health. And not only that, as we got talking, we were talking about how to pray and how to hear from God. And I was able to minister about how to be filled with the Spirit. And by the time we were done talking, I was in that little room with her praying and, and asking the Lord to, uh, you know, to help her see and help her receive. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was, she was a little nervous gal. You know, she, she got nervous. So, um, you know, we, we talked about how to, how to um, be filled with the Spirit, how to speak in other tongues, just Amen. like the Bible tells us in Acts. And, and she was like, you think I can? I said, I don't think you can. I know you can. <laughs> I know you can. What were we doing? I was going after a sheep that didn't know all that belonged to her. I was going after, I was stepping out of what we would call your comfort zone to say, look, there's more for you. There's more that you can have. And I got a text the next day saying, 
I'm singing in other tongues today. And I said, yes, amen, you are. Glory to God. What are, what are we, Jesus was saying, it is so important that we go after those who are lost. Those who don't know Jesus as their savior and also those who don't know Jesus as their healer. Those who don't know that they can be filled with the spirit and full to the brim of God. Praise the Lord. And so um, it was just such a great opportunity this week to chat with that gal and, and to be able to minister to her all that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. But I, I was just, when I was reading this passage, I was realizing that a shepherd has such love for his sheep. Amen. And um, that love is shown by how he goes after them and cares for them yeah. when there's something wrong. Amen. And uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, when, when we are... When we are naturally in love with someone, when a husband and wife um, are, you know, the, they're in love with one another, that they've been married, and, 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 and there are things that I will get interested in or become interested in simply because my husband likes them. Mm -hmm. and, and so because he likes it, I'll, I'll learn to like it. Um, he, he purchased a motorcycle, uh, 2008, he, he got a motorcycle. That really wasn't what I thought I would enjoy or like, but because the Lord had dealt with him, this is something I have for you that you're going to enjoy this. I learned to enjoy it. And uh, so now when we go to uh, the Harley Davidson store, I, I can look at things and actually enjoy. Oh, that's pretty. I like this. You know, <laughs> that one's shiny. That one's not. You know, I don't know every detail about a motorcycle, but I have learned because it's something my husband enjoys. I have learned to enjoy it. And now I have a Harley, right? I get to ride one myself. Praise the Lord. Why? Because uh, something, because I love him, it's something I've learned to enjoy. And it actually opened up a whole new part of life for us because I love him, I put a focus on that. Amen. My dad, when he, uh, many years ago, my mom uh, died when I was much younger, and, and so he was alone for quite some time. And he met a, a sweet gal, and she liked to quilt. And so my dad started taking her to quilt shops. And she was like, who is this guy that would go to a quilt shop? And, and so he started learning, and he'd go, he, he'd go to cl a quilting class with her, not to learn how to quilt, but just to learn about it. And, and you know, this was so amazing. This was while they were dating, and this was so amazing to her that he would actually take an interest in what different types of quilts there were, what decades they came out of. He learned all the history about it. Why did he do that? Because he liked quilts? I can actually guarantee he doesn't care a thing about quilts. It's because he loved her. He loved her. He was so interested in her that what she cared about, he became interested in. 
if we really love the Lord the way we say we do on Sunday morning in church, if we really, you know, we raise our hands and we love you, we're so thankful for you, we're so grateful you're our Savior, if we really loved him the way we say we do, we'd go after, we'd be interested in what he's interested in. And Jesus said, he's interested in the lost sheep. He's interested in those that have fallen into a pit and don't know how to get out. Those who, who, um, who have, have pain in their body and they don't know how to receive from the healer. Those, those who have, have been so trodden down with, with uh, the enemy's uh, strategies of depression and, and uh, you know, a lack of confidence that they don't know how to see themselves as who they are in Christ. And Jesus said, just like that lost sheep, we are to go after the one. And that heaven's going to rejoice, glory to God, when that one is brought in. And so it's okay if somebody is put on your heart, if you, if you just are prompted to go talk to your neighbor or talk to your coworker about the things of God and share with them about what God's done in your life. Don't shrink back from that. That's having the Father's heart about those that are around you saying, I used to feel just the way you did. I was chatting with this girl about being filled with the Spirit, and she goes, I, I just... I, I don't know, I don't know how, and I said, I was the same way. All I had to do was give her my testimony of how I received, and it helped her receive. Yeah. It, you don't have to know all the scriptures in the New Testament to witness to someone and to help them further along in their walk yeah. with God. All you need to do is be able to share what God's done for you. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is amazing what your testimony will do. In Revelations, the Bible says that they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. They overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony. Your word, your testimony can change someone's life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we see this, that Jesus said, we are to go after those that are lost. We are to go after those that are hurting. We are to go after those that don't know how to receive for themselves. And let me tell you, they are out there. There are hundreds and hundreds of people just here in this area. Thousands. Right here in this town, right here in Denver, praise the Lord. And this little gal that I was chatting with, she was so hungry for the things of God. She honestly loved God with all of her heart. And yet, she didn't know how to receive. And all she needed was someone to help her. Yep. Praise the Lord. So let's believe God <laughs> that we can be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing and, and being able to minister to those who the Spirit prompts us to minister to. Right. If we look back a couple verses in verse 14, praise the Lord. 
I can't see the number, praise the Lord. I think it's 34, <laughs> the last verse of the, the chapter. It, Jesus said this, salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use, either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let me read that again since I know it wasn't up on the screen right away. It says, salt is good. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? In another uh, scripture, Jesus says, we are to be the salt of this world. What does salt do? It adds flavor. It adds something. I was trying to think of something. I mean, there are so few things that you would cook that don't use salt. I mean, even in your desserts, you add salt, right? Almost everything that you would, I mean, from your breakfast eggs to, and, your, and your biscuits, come on, to, I mean, to the bread that you use for your sandwich or the meat, the deli meat is all cured with salt. Everything that we make or, or put together, you're always adding a pinch of salt. Yes. Right? You're always adding a pinch of salt. Jesus said that we are to be the salt of this world. And oh, isn't this interesting? But if salt has lost its taste, I didn't know salt could lose its taste. But I know Christians who have lost their effectiveness, who have lost their flavor. What am I saying? When we get in the world and we are mixing, like Jesus was mixing with the world and the religious leaders were upset with him because went, he went to dinner and ate with the sinner. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, I am reaching out to those who are lost and I have salt, I have flavor, and they need what I have. You have flavor. You have effectiveness. You can affect every recipe. Salt even makes a, a, a cookie taste sweeter. Salt helps the sugar taste sweet. It's amazing what salt can do. But Jesus said we're to be the salt. When we walk into a room of people, can we think of ourselves as the added ingredient that could change everything? Wow. That could make this a better recipe. Mm -hmm. That could add the sweetness. That could add the flavor. That could add exactly what these people need. No longer should we be thinking, oh, well, maybe they don't want to hear from me. Today's society will tell you that you do not, we don't want you to open your mouth. You just believe what you believe, but I'm going to believe what I believe. And as long as you don't preach to me, I won't preach to you. Well, I'm not advocating preaching to somebody, but I am advocating being what Jesus told us to be, which is the salt, mm -hmm. the light yes. of the world, right? Let's look in Matthew. Hallelujah. I hope this is helping us today. 
helping you, it's helping me. Jesus in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we can start in verse 13 because that's what we were just reading over in Luke. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. What's he saying? If you're not being salty out there, <laughs> my daughter uses that phrase, don't be salty. If you're not being salty out there, if you're not adding flavor, what use are you to the master? What use are you to the kingdom of God? I do not want God to say, oh, that Amy, she, we are just going to have to throw her in the junk heap because she's not of any use. No way. I love my father. Yeah. I want to do whatever he needs me to do. I'm available. Amen. I'm available. Amen. Whoever you want me to talk to, whoever you want me to reach out to, here I am, Lord. Use me. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he's given me some salt, some flavor, some effectiveness to reach out to those who are around me. Praise the Lord. But in verse, uh, if we continue on, verse 14, it's, uh, he then says, you are the what? Light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, today, we could light a light and then put a basket over it. It would be, prove effect, you know, it would have no effect to the room, but we could do that. But back then, they had candles and oil lamps. If you put a basket over that, you're just starting the whole thing on fire, right? I mean, there, what's he saying? You, not only is putting a basket over it and covering up the light um, ineffective for light purposes, but you're going you're gonna to make a mess. You're going to start, you're going to have a problem on your hands. He was saying, guys, if salt loses its flavor, we got to throw it away. If the light on the inside of you is not allowed to shine, there's going to be problems. It's going to affect your own life. There's going to be problems in your own life. Why? Because you're not doing what you're designed by the master to do, which is shine. Glory to God. Shine the light of the gospel. Shine the light of the good news. Shine the light of peace and joy and uh, salvation to all that you see. Praise yes. the Lord. Yes. You know, when you, when you walk into a room, it is possible for people to notice something different about you without you ever opening your mouth. Yep. And that is the truth. Jesus said, we are the light of the world. Amen. Glory to God. And so if you would, just turn with me to 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5. We were there last week, but I want to, well, 2 Corinthians 4, excuse me. 
2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5, it says this. It says, even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the what? The light of the gospel. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan, the God of this world, has blinded, the Bible says. He's blinded the eyes of those that don't know him. There are people all around that you will meet. If you go out to lunch, you're going to meet people who are actually walking around spiritually blind. Spiritually blind. They can't see. They can't see. And Jesus said that we are light. We are light the light of the world. What's he saying? You've got something. You, every one of us have got something on the inside of us that will help to penetrate the blinders that somebody has over their eyes. It is amazing. Now, I don't know if you've ever uh, played, uh, you know, had a pinata or something and had a blindfold put on you. If it's a really bright day outside, doesn't the light still penetrate? You know, it'll even no matter how tight you make that little uh, thing, and you'll see the little kids when you do it with little kids, they'll, they'll, because they can still see a little bit, right? And so they'll just start looking so they can see where the pinata is through. What are they trying to do? They're trying. There are people out there that have just got a glimmer of light, and they are trying to get to the light and see what they need to see. They, They know there's something wrong. They know there's something that's preventing them from receiving all that life has to offer. And they'll try and find it by going to the bar and and going to, you know, hang out and do stuff that that, uh, will try to fulfill them. But but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. They still have the... There's still something blocking their way. And Jesus said, the reason I go hang out with the sinners is because I'm going after those who are blind. I have light. Mm -hmm. There's light on the inside of you. Glory to God. It's all right to smile once in a while because this is good news. You can affect every person you meet just by coming across their path. And if you will shine the light to someone and then in 20 minutes they meet somebody else that shines the light and then in an hour they meet somebody else that shines the light Mm -hmm. and the next day they meet somebody that shines the light, all of a sudden those blinders, that blindfold will start to melt Mm -hmm. and they'll start to see. And the Bible says that heaven rejoices when people see the light of the gospel. Can we look just at one more scripture Mm -hmm. right above this one in chapter 4, praise the Lord, or chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians? Hallelujah. Verse 16. Right before he talks about people being veiled, he says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Amen. Hallelujah. 
when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Guys, that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, go after the lost sheep. Go after the one that's, been, been, that's fallen into the pit, that's been hurt, that's been set aside, that's been broken. They've got a veil over their eyes. They don't know how to get to the flock. Go after them. Go after them. And keep going after them until the veil, glory to God, the veil is removed. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How do you know the veil is getting removed? They're going to experience freedom. Amen. This little gal was texting me, I'm singing in other tongues. She, the veil had been removed from her, and she was able to experience another dimension of, of what God had in store for her. Why? Because the veil was taken away. She was able to see how to receive from God in a greater way. And I tell you, heaven rejoices with every step that we take to freedom. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And it says... As we keep reading, and we all, <laughs> who's he talking about? Those of us who've already had the veil removed, who already know, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of our Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Into the same image of what? Into the same image of him, Christ from one degree of glory to another. What does that mean? That means that we're going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And, brighter. and the people that we met last year, when we see them again, they're going to be like, whoa, what's up with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was something interesting about you last year, but this year, oh my goodness, you're... You're changed. What's going on? And all of a sudden, you've got another opportunity to shine an even brighter light. Yes. Why? Because we get to be transformed. You guys, this is such an exciting life to live. It is such an exciting life to live, to go out there every day and say, Lord, where are the fish? I'm ready to catch somebody. Where's that lost sheep? I'm ready to find them. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Give me the words to say. Give me the light to shine. Help me be the salt that they need in their recipe to make life better. Amen. And thank you, Lord, for removing the veil from their eyes. Glory to God. The veil is removed with the light of the gospel. Amen. With the light Amen. of the gospel. Mm -hmm. That light you, is in you. Yes. It's in you. Amen. It's in you. If you know him, it's in you. Yes. If you know him, you have all that you need. Glory to God. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you thankful for the presence and spirit of God that lives on the inside of you? Hallelujah. We are going to be salt this week. We are going to be light this week. And as Jesus said, we are going to be 
fishers of men. Amen. Glory to God. Let's reach this world. Amen. Let's reach out. Yes. Let's reach out to those who don't know him the way they ought. Glory to God. Yes. And then bring them in, everybody. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>